Uh, all right, team, this is so exciting. We have the Top Gun Maverick license, and every element of this is set up for this to be a home run. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski, the director, is going to be involved. Tom Cruise has never done a voice in a video game. He is going to voice Maverick in this game. And also, we've licensed the engine from Namco for Ace Combat. So we're going to have a flying engine ready to go. Uh, this game's going to be an absolute fucking home run blockbuster. Let's just figure out how we can make it as good as it as, as the license deserves. Yeah, you know, I think it's important to 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 honor the legacy of this franchise. And, you know, you really need to feel like you're Maverick uh, when you're when yes. you're in the cockpit. So we have to just get 100%. every detail of that 100% correct. Um, I've, I've already scouted the, you know, the aircraft and I've I've taken uh, sample photos and things like that, so we can go and just really, really just honor the these machines. Oh, great, Jay! If you want to put those in the Dropbox, we can put them up on the great. big screen. Take a look. Speaking of Dropbox, I've got a i've I've been I've been doing some rendering work on the on the side uh, to to make sure that Maverick is authentic to the movie and uh-huh. the world that we love and. Uh, so you know the bar scene where Maverick goes into the bar and she she's like, "You gotta get, you gotta have shots for everybody." You know that bar? Yes, right with Jennifer Connelly's. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer Jennifer Cranley. Uh, so I have been working on that bar space because I think it should be like a hub world, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the bathroom. Uh, uh-huh. I've been, I've, I've, uh, I've, I took it upon myself. I put in about. 2,000 man hours into rendering this bathroom because uh, I think we want to know where Maverick goes to the bathroom and what kind of, okay. uh, you know, like what's in that bathroom? What is the bathroom of a Top Gun bar like? So I've got some slides here. Uh, real quick, can I, can I just interject? And this is an open question because I don't personally know. We don't see the bathroom in the movie, right? Right. That's so. why. It's, it's, so that's why I, I I went to the bar in I I, I company expense to flight economy class, uh, and I went to the bar where they shot it. And oh wow, I like that initiative. Thank you. Hey. And I I took some poops and I in the bar. Okay. And I I took photos of those so that we could get like the rendering and the lighting right. I've I've mocked up. I'm using the Lumina engine in the only the bathroom, which I personally licensed from Square Enix, so that the you took photos of your own shit in a toilet in a bar. No, in Maverick. That's what you're saying, Maverick. So I ate what I thought Maverick ate over yeah. the course of a week, and then would continue okay. to go back to that bathroom and and poop in those toilets and take a photo. I wore a flight jacket while I was doing it. Uh, and I think here up on the screen, you'll see these oh, are some fuck. of the please don't take oh, that, please of please the off the screen of that bar. Can we just kill the monitor, yeah, please. Kill, and and I kill just the want, big screen. Just, you know, there's a few shots here, like uh, this one, and then uh, yeah. So so anyway, that the bathroom is done. I, I, let's just take a. I think let's just take like fifteen. Everyone, let's just take like a 15 break. What? Uh, we'll just sort of. 15 minutes. Let's just go take 15 minutes what? and just sort of stretch our legs <laughs> okay. and reconvene and maybe just we'll, clear-headed we'll have a better vision of what this game is going to be because um, I don't think we're, we're getting anywhere here at this point. 
not not to single anyone out, but is it all right if I if I release what I've what I've designed as a mobile standalone called Maverick's Bathroom? No, you will certainly be sued if you do that. <laughs> Cannot do that. Cannot release okay, a top well, game called Maverick's that's, Bathroom. Uh, I'll I'll get it off the store then, because again, I took the initiative. Jesus Christ! It says here it's the top selling game in the App Store. <laughs> Oh fuck! Shows what I know. <laughs> we web swing through skyscrapers and man the controls of X wings as we discuss the highs and lows of licensed games this week on Get Played. to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger. And hey, I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Ooh, what is up? Hello, everyone. And what <laughs> <laughs> on earth? Why are Hello, you? everyone. Callie. <laughs> <laughs> You're in this professional studio, and it turned you into Don Imus. Yeah, that's right. We're going live to the callers. uh, Dump that bitch or whatever he says. Uh, Well, wow. What a a, great to be back with everybody. Great to be back with you. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Pace yourself. Got a lot of pod to do. As I take a sip of coffee, uh, we're going to start things off by reminding everyone that this month's We Play, You Play is Goldeneye, which is coming Monday February 27th, one of the best licensed games of all time, which ties in with the topic, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, we're going to talk through GoldenEye if you played it back in the day or if you're playing the new re-releases that are available, I believe, on Switch and Game Pass, but Xbox only. I don't think it's on PC Game Pass. I think that's right. I yeah. Think, yeah. So There must have been some licensing hoops that they had to jump through because what what strange platforms yeah, I really, I mean, it's it's got to have to do something with, with Rare's contract with Microsoft. I'm sure that's got to be part of it. And then I would guess when something's not on PC, they're maybe worried about, you know, mods or something or or it, you know, I I, I just, I, I could see, I don't know how easy it is to mod it, something that's on Game Pass. I mean, imagine God, it's, God, it's as simple as modding something that's on, on Steam, but I don't know. God forbid somebody make it better or make it nude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we're talking licensed games today, so let's let's hold off on that GoldenEye conversation because then we won't have anything uh, to uh, talk uh, about at the end of the month. Yeah, we're fucking shooting our wad this episode or two episodes away from the main event, so let's let's pace ourselves. You're yeah. right, Heather. Let's talk a little bit about this Nintendo Direct that just happened as of this record. I and haven't watched it. I don't know what they said, except have, that 
Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 is going to cost $70. Yes, Breath of the Wild, the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, will be out on May 12th, 2023. will cost $70, which is a lot for a game that's coming out on effectively last-gen hardware. But Talk about more like Tears of the my freaking wallet. <laughs> Good grief. I, I, I know that that seems like a lot of money, but in the 90s, Chrono Trigger cost $69. No, it's like, it, yes, it's there's there's Earthbound, I think, cost $69. I think Donkey Kong Country cost $69. These were this is a price point which used to be because of inflation, effectively a lot more expensive. I'm kind of shocked that it's taken so long. That is absolutely true, Heather. However, what we're dealing with nowadays is digital distribution or pr- the cost of pressing something to a disc, which is uh, like like minuscule in comparison to cart manufacturing. Cart manufacturing was so much more expensive. But yes, I do remember that because and because I remember my my dad complaining about it, uh, my, my very uh, thrifty but very loving father who would treat his kids uh, on the holidays. And he got me Zelda to the adventures of link uh, for Christmas. And, but still was like, like that was this game costs $70. Like it's like, it's absurd. And that's $70 in like 1988 money, which is, I should do a little inflation calculator. $275 in today's, in today's money. <laughs> Actually, I bet it's pretty close. How much is um, it? I'm looking do an it up inflation right now. Counter. Uh, calculator right here live $190 I wasn't that far off <laughs> you're not that far off so imagine paying $190 for a video game um yeah that's that's what that's what people were doing that's what largely parents were doing in those days I, I was gonna say the it's it's still a lot of money considering we've kind of settled around this you know $59, $49 price point for Switch games. But, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll fucking... My my feeling about Nintendo, and this is throughout this presentation, the Nintendo Direct, and also uh, about what I'm going to talk about and what are you playing? Ooh, take it easy. Take it easy. What? We're not there I, yet. I heard my cue. You jumped the gun. Pay attention to context. Don't just hear the words. I'm on my phone. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like, what is your connection? This is like you're you're so spotty. Your your video is like a like you're on a I'm Game getting, Boy camera. I'm getting in shape. Oh, you're at the gym. What I'm in the gym. <laughs> what? Like, what does it? Like, you're getting in shape. I'm getting in shape. You lose your job. You got two pads. The uh-huh. fork, the rope the the road forks, and and you choose either. The you you you. you Hit the gym, you lawyer up, or you let yourself fall apart. I tried that first pass uh-huh. last year. Now I'm doing the other way. Why don't you continue talking about whatever it is that you were talking about? I'll come back. I, I think I just I was just gonna say Resident Evil Merchant, uh, who introduces our regular segment for people who are listening for the first time. The, the you should get some workout clothes because I don't think the trench code. Loaded with supplies and ammunition is particularly conducive to doing hit cardio. It's a sauna suit. It's a sauna suit. You know that. Okay. I, I got, yeah. I'm sweating through it. Unfortunately, I don't have a change of clothes. That's you know what? Get your own house in order first before you get the gym membership. Maybe buy some more clothes. You want to see this body in shorts? Is that what you're saying? 
I'm not saying I want to see your body in anything. I'm just yeah. sort of what, talking about your own personal well-being. I know that on uh, Jersey Shore, they stress gym tan laundry. But I think for you, you're going to have to change some of those letters around and, and work on one of those other ones first. Laundry first, perhaps. If I wash my clothes before I wear them to the gym... Don't, don't they get ruined? They get no, they you get should wash stink. them afterwards. You are washing yeah, them afterwards, right? I guess yeah, get more laundry. I, I hit the showers right after in full clothes. That, okay, yeah, you're probably, yeah, you might get your membership revoked if you keep doing that. Uh, we'll, we'll check in with you again in a bit, Resident Evil Merchant. But I, I was just thinking, is did Resident Evil 4 come out like the same year as Jersey Shore? Are those, were those like contemporary? I bet Jersey Shore was a few years afterward, but like it's a while that's the same general time frame. Anyway, uh, the Nintendo Direct happened. This will be old news as of this episode's release, but just to speed through it real quick. Pick uh, big announcements. Pikmin Four. Pikmin Four had some nice looking art direction. I haven't played a Pikmin since Pikmin One on the GameCube, and I'll just sort of say like it's this is one where I was watching. I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. Again, this is probably like an alpha. You know, just looking at the graphical quality. Not again, not criticizing the art direction, but just talking about just like the, you know, just how the the graphics look compared to other games that are coming out this year. And it's like, no, this game's coming out in like three months. I was like, oh, so this is almost done. It's just the switch is really showing its age. Yeah, um, I noticed but, that a lot throughout a lot of the presentation. I was one hundred percent kind of looks bad, kind of. It looks like a console that came an underpowered console that released in twenty seventeen, which is mm-hmm. what it is six years ago. Uh, the the but, uh, yeah. But I want to say th- that I believe this week the Switch has now outsold the Game Boy, which, you know, the Game Boy is a 20 year old, 30, Jesus, 40 year old system. I don't fucking know. And <laughs> yeah, it was, was say. it was uh. so pervasive that Game Boys were everywhere. It was yeah. everybody had a Game Boy. Yes. And that's also the system that launched Pokemon, which is such a. Uh, a titanic achievement that it's launched. I mean, like it's the best selling IP in the world. So if you can imagine that that was the system that launched Pokemon and that the switch has outsold that system, that's a, that's a big, that's a big, I mean, like I think Nintendo said something this week about we're in uncharted console territory now because they aren't price dropping. Mm, Yeah. They're just keep selling the switch. Yeah, you 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 don't seem very. Uh, no, I'm it's just saying a hundred and twenty two million sales, which also means it outsold the PS4. Like that's the Wii U by a large margin. No, well, well yeah, yeah, the I Wii mean, U was yeah. I've, <laughs> I've bought more trash bags than they sold <laughs> copies of the fucking Wii U. No, I I get everything you're saying, Heather. I, I, it's, it's un, like, who am I to second guess them? It's a fucking enormous success. It's just a little frustrating as somebody who would have liked a hardware update by this point in the console's lifespan. But whatever, but whatever. They, they, they keep selling because they're, you can play it on fucking, it, it, the, the, yeah, go on. The third best selling system of all time is the Nintendo Switch, only behind the Nintendo DS and the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And so, despite like all everything Fuck. that all the quibbles we have with it, you know, with its with Nintendo's idiosyncratic uh, tendencies, 
it doesn't fucking matter because they have these huge IPs and they were smart enough to have this be like, okay, this will be this will have both the functionality of a tablet with a controller attached and a you know home console that you can hook up to a TV. And that that hybrid design was just so forward thinking. Uh, anyway, so the the other things that talked about the Bayonetta prequel, I think like looks kind of cool. I don't really play, you know, not really into that franchise or haven't really played those games, but I just say like it has a design where the player character themselves cannot attack. They have a familiar they're accompanying uh, who does all the attacking, and so you're you're what you're what you're doing mechanically is just you know immobilizing enemies or you know having enemies like drawing aggro, having enemies target you, and um using every non-combat resource to be able to let your NPC companion actually take out bad guys. I just, that just seems kind of cool. I know Heather would hate that. Um, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to get the amiibo. Cool looking amiibo. I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. Dead cells, Castlevania DLC looked cool. I mean, like probably the best Castlevania game that will come out in a while. looks pretty fucking cool. Uh, I'm a huge Advance Wars fan back in the day, so I'm glad they finally have a date for Reboot Camp. Yeah, and they... the, the war in Ukraine will be over on this yes, date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand why they delayed it at yes. the time they delayed it, but at a certain point, I think, come on. And then, anyway. But then Fire Emblem came out, which is also a tactics game, so right. I don't think they wanted two on the market oh they the didn't want to time. step on it yeah. that makes sense uh, wait, profe- wait 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 I, i'm uh, okay hold on yeah hold on I'm, I'm looking at the list of the shit that was just announced yesterday which i should have done before the podcast i should have done it but you're you're really burying the fucking lead here i'm getting to it i'm working my way through There's the list a, there are there are two pretty big announcements one of which really appeals to me and one of which is like a bombshell uh-huh uh, there's a Professor Layton. I'm not sure if that's what you're thinking of. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. You don't like Professor Layton, the puzzle game series? Ugh. I did. I don't, I've never played one, Fuck. and I don't have any context for the professor. But when I saw him in his little hat, yeah. I did say out loud, he's back. This would, yeah. <laughs> professor Layton would very much be Matt shit and not Heather's at all. Uh, here, here's the one. Here's maybe what you're thinking of uh, is the Metroid Prime remaster. Holy the surprise. Shit. Matt is pumping his fist. The I surprise release. It. Yeah, it's just, and they just did a stealth drop. They're just, it's out. Metroid Prime Remaster, you can download it today. I still don't even know who developed it. I don't know if it was a retro internal thing or if they they got a remastering, one of those remastering studios. I still don't have context for that, but yeah. it's amazing. I, that this, I, I did not play Prime back in the day. Didn't play it. Never really a huge Metroid person, right? Yeah. Uh, but I am so excited for people who love this because the people who love this really fucking love it. And when I hear like a, a drop like this, I'm I know that there are people out there who are like, yes, yes. Although I also know that a lot of those same people have probably already done like upscale re-res, you know, texture pack steam deck versions of this game, which have been yeah. out for a, a chunky bit of time. Yeah. I was trying to install it on my Steam Deck and was just like, well, I'll just buy this. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. When are we getting to the thing I'm excited about? I don't know, but I, just, I was just going to finish my finish my thought on this real quick. Uh, I spotted a Metroid Prime trilogy, you know, we boxed, used box version uh, at a used game store in like Carson a few months ago. And I, and I, I think it had a price on it that was like, 60 bucks i was like holy shit i took it up front i was like like this is like 
like I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, you're selling this? And the guy like scanned it. He's like, oh, no, sorry. This is 250. It's mislabeled because mm. it's one of those ones that had a limited pr- for some reason. And this is, again, speaks to Nintendo's idiosyncrasy. Uh, what is the term for that? Idiosyncrasies? Yeah. Idiosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies. Speaks to Nintendo's idiosyncrasies that they're just like. A game like like they have this they they put together this trilogy collection of this beloved series and then they do a limited printing of it and then it's just not available for like like this this is the thing that that it's it's yet Heather yes that that they, they fight they've made this available on their hardware again to uh people who are fans of this franchise is great um anyway. I, I don't know if this is what you're gonna I actually I might not have listed what you're excited about because my next thing is Tears of the Kingdom. So no. what was your what was your thing, Heather? Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. On a Nintendo Switch Online, yeah. I'm just thinking about whether or not Final Fantasy Tactics Advance will be finally released for Nintendo Switch. And I can start all over again one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to beat this fucking game. I also, I, 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 I want to express that it's a good game. It's great. Yeah. I'm just, I, I've never, oh, I got to do it. Yeah. Starting a good game, never finishing it, mm, wouldn't be me. Yeah, couldn't um, be me. Simply couldn't. <laughs> Let's get to what are you playing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so are you still on the phone, what, Resident are you, Evil Merchant? Or? Are you in the midst of a set? What's going on here? Are you taking a class? And touch. Breathe in. Are you teaching a class? What is happening? And release. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bring your hands up on top of your heads. Stretch out that spine. Breathe in. I'm sorry. Are you teaching a yoga class? What happened? What happened in the past 10 minutes? And release. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for coming. Uh, Shavasana. Uh, Have a good day. Remember to breathe and uh, find your focus. Find your center. This has been Resident Evil Merchant Yoga Glass. Ooh, sorry, guys. Caught me in the middle of a, a little program I'm running here. I, I mean, I'm impressed you were, you've climbed the ranks so quickly from member of the gym to apparently trainer slash teacher in a matter of minutes. I, I just, I, so full disclosure, I was taking the class. Okay. And the, uh, the sort of coach of the class, I don't know what mm. you call that. Uh, looked concerned and left the room mm, yeah. uh, in a hurry to get somebody. And I was like, well, when you see an open door, you walk through it. Got it. Mm. Oh, so you just kind of took the reins and decided to yeah, teach the yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I got a towel off. Uh, you, probably want, you probably want me to say the thing, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why you're on the payroll, you know? <clears throat> Breathe in. You want us to do this? Ask yourself, what are you playing? Wow. Wow. 
There it is. And release. I like this new Tranquil Energy from the Resident Evil Merchant. Uh, Matt, what are you playing? Okay. Um, so, because I'm really enjoying The Last of Us TV show, and we just replayed part one, I haven't gone back to play part one again, but I did pick up where I left off in my new game plus of part two. Wow. From Oof. after when we finished um, part one, when we covered it on the show. That's, uh, that's ex- it's still just so good. It is so good. It's so fucking good. Gorgeous game. Gorgeous it, game. Great. The It's, I, we talked about this when we covered it on the show. It's, it's just a, such a prime example of polish. It's so good. It's like everything works. It's it's it, it looks great. It plays great. Uh, I I I just I'm loving it. It's just it's a it's a fantastic experience. I'm in the Abbey section right now, and I sometimes I guess I forgot that Abbey is goals. Yeah, Abby very much is goals. <laughs> She's so fucking shredded. I love yeah, it. It's so I love to have that physique. It's 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 incredible. I just love it. It's just uh, so I'm playing that. I want to pick uh, Jack and Daxter uh, back up. I, I took a week off from that. But then I also, from the announcement last night of the Metroid Prime uh, remaster, I was like, I better get back into Metroid Fusion. So I was playing that on my analog pocket last night and got to a boss that made me mad and then I turned it off. It's <laughs> like, you fucking kidding me with this guy? He's hard. Which boss is it? It's like... The- <laughs> The first one, and he's like, <laughs> so I'm, in, I'm having a rough go. It's a, I'm he's tra- like, a, tra- yeah, d- describe it. I'm sorry. He's sort of like a, a snake dragon kind of, okay, and he kind of yeah. zips around at you, and then you shoot him in his glowing head, and then his whole body glows, and he just gets you. He's fucking tough, this guy. Are you? You got this. You'll figure it out. Well, are are yeah. you playing this on the Nintendo Switch Online Game Boy Advance? Or are you playing this on? I'm playing it on the pocket on the analog on the pocket. pocket. Okay, it's, yeah. it's not on. Um, the Game Boy Advance yet, I don't think. Fucking Nintendo, this is their, th- this yes. is what they do. Like, why not throw out the entire fucking library? No, they gotta, like, just morsel it out over time. Yes, and at, at a certain point, I assume it will be there. I think they showed it among among the future titles yeah. coming. Uh, but Metroid is, like, a new thing to me, and I'm I'm very into it. I love it. I know I'm, we're complaining yeah, about the way they release these games, but they have a chokehold. For yeah. like 50 fucking years, Nintendo has just been like, we know what we're doing. Fuck yes, here. I know. I know. It's 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 maddening. I, to finish my thought from earlier, my feeling about Nintendo is like that Trump tweet about Coca-Cola where he's like, he's basically like, it's okay, I'll keep drinking their garbage. Like, that's how I feel. Like, like, yeah. like, like yeah, like, what am I going to do? Yeah, I'm going to stop playing Nintendo games. No, I'll be frustrated with them. Nick's I'll be pissed off. Of Trump's tweets lately. <laughs> Glad he's back. <laughs> Did you see him like praising Joe Biden after Very the State strange. of the Union? Yeah. Baffling. I think it got like, bonked. Anytime that dude says something, it's shocking. Yeah. Even, like you can't, he, he somehow manages to constantly turn the dial in a new direction. Just when you think he's going to zig, he zags. He's, yeah. yeah. Hate him. Horrible man. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Uh, 
Heather, how about you? What are you playing? What am I playing? That's, I mean, I guess I, why would, I don't know why the Resident Evil would say, what, what am I playing? That was weird. Really weird. What, what, who knows with this fucking guy? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's fucking, this guy's, this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. What are you playing, Heather? What are you playing? Yeah, you're not, there we go. you're not over playing games at my house, you fucking weirdo. Maybe he is, and you maybe don't know Maybe he it. is. <laughs> We've been having plumbing problems. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that's why. <laughs> what am I playing? Um, it's been it's been a short week for games for me. Um, I've been playing this uh, this little game um, called Fortnite, and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got legitimately uh, tricked. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't have a lot of time to play video games that aren't for the show. And so like if I have if I have a half hour, I'm playing fucking Fortnite. Um lots of new quests. Uh the guy from The Witcher is in Fortnite, which made me wonder, is Fortnite a licensed game? What is it? We'll talk about it, but that was one I was thinking of. Because I play, I, it I certainly did, has a lot of licensed properties. Yeah, I did a bunch of like quests for uh, Geralt. Is that his the name? The hard G. Geralt? Yeah. <laughs> Geralt. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like an improv name. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Professor Gubb. Yeah, it's 100%. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I did all those quests and got that skin, mm-hmm. uh, but really just equipped all of his he because his weapons are an equipable thing on other characters. So my Sarah Connor is now like got fifty swords, and I'm like that feels right. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of swords and guns. That's that's Sarah that's Connor. Cool. Um, this new update really borked her. There's two skins oh, no. available for her. One that's not I'm going to kill Miles Dyson and one that is I'm going to go kill Miles Dyson. And I always choose I'm going to go kill Miles Dyson because I think that's her at her most threatening. Mm-hmm. God, I just hate when somebody gets borked. But but something in the update fucked up the um, architecture on her face. Oh, no. So now her lips are like lower than her chin. And when she emotes, they like droop, they like <laughs> droop like a like a loose boob onto her chest, uh, and I I can't play as that like that. Nobody's gonna be threatened or take that seriously, right? She's got like a camel face, and I can't. I also can't believe that there have been multiple updates where they haven't fixed it. Uh, if you're a Fortnite dev and you're listening to this show, hi. But also, get make give me money. But also. Fix Sarah Connor. Um, so I've been playing with her other skin. Not as threatening. Not as threatening. No black mm. baseball cap, black sunglasses. Like a woman who a woman who's going to murder a father. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can't believe it's a skin in Fortnite. <laughs> it's great. Sarah Connor at her darkest. But yeah, uh, playing with listeners. Um, I announced, I think last week on the show that if you were a listener, just go ahead and, and let's play. Uh, and I've got a ton of friends that I have to, uh, accept. I'm scared to accept them because I also don't know if they're just like, 
angry Rick and Morty people, which sometimes I'll accept and, and party sure. up with. And then they'll be like, hey, do you write for Rick and Morty? And I'm like, delete, delete. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but um, you can but call yeah, those Rick and Morty people. <laughs> 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 loving, loving fans. Yeah. <laughs> There's really they just a line, love sauce. Isn't there? There's a real there's a there's a wonderful you go all the way to a I suppose it's that way with any property. Like if I wrote on Star Wars, people would be like, really great up until a line and and then beyond that line it would be terrifying. From what I understand about Star Wars, they keep their mouth shut about things they don't like, I think. Yeah. I've I don't <laughs> chill fan base. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Last of Us. Man, can you imagine working on a game? That is so good that it becomes a prestige HBO series yeah. and still having to put up with like constant hate. Well, Last of Us Part Two, I think it did completely divided the fan base. That was before the the adaptation even. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've been playing Fortnite, uh, mm-hmm. partying up with uh, I don't know her real name, Beegs. Your listener, thank you so much. I think we got we we took down a boss. Wow, uh, Ed. Uh, we, we've got a couple crowns, uh, and then my regular squad of people who I don't know in real life, but we all apparently work in the industry. Uh, great game, great fun, lots of Kamehameha. And, uh, that's, that's been my week in games. Nick, what are you playing? Real quick, while we're shouting out listeners, I told I told this to you, Matt. But I met a uh, I met a listener, Carlos, who said that he helped you out uh, of fighting Moog the Omen in Elden Ring. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That uh, great dude. So thank you for your help. That was a very dark time, uh, <laughs> and I, I I loved I loved receiving help from uh, from listeners and from Heather in Elden Ring. Uh, Nick, you'll get to Moog someday. Uh, yeah, it's on the list. <laughs> uh, Carlos, uh, Carlos ruled. Lovely man. Hell yeah. uh, anyway, so, uh, okay. Again, I'm, I'm talking Nintendo because I'm mad at myself. But I was at Costco and I impulse bought an OLED Switch. Wow! I, we didn't even I'm, know this. I'm so proud of you. I'm I have it so, right here. It is so gorgeous. Isn't it, it is in- absolutely. I fucking hate it. We were talking so I much shit how, about the Switch earlier, dude. I hate how gorgeous oh. it is. I hate how sleek it is. Well, you oh. know what it was? Is like I watched that Nintendo Direct, and then I had to go to Costco, and I was there, and they had all this. So it's just like, they're not going to give a fucking hardware update till they're never going to announce a hardware update till next year at earliest. And my my Switch Lite is a little long in the tooth. And fuck it, I'll just fucking get this thing. The it's it's not just that it's that the the hardware itself is like so sleek. It's just also the screen is gorgeous and it's larger, like significantly mm-hmm. larger. Oh. It's got more heft to it, but like in a good way. Yeah. Like it's not like heavy. It it just feels more substantial for yep. handheld playing. And that brings me to the games I've been messing around with. Uh, I downloaded the Metroid Prime Remaster, ooh, which I got super fast. Because it the the fucking dock has a wired Ethernet port, 
And this is again just like what Nintendo fucking does. They make us they make you excited for something that's been standard for 10 years. <laughs> Everyone fucking has it when they added Bluetooth. It's like, "Oh my god, there's Bluetooth on the Switch." Yeah, fucking everything has Bluetooth. Like you should have had Bluetooth out of the box. Why did this have to be an update? Why did we need two hardware revisions before we have a fucking Ethernet port. That said, it's great. I love it. I, I was able to, to plug this thing in, um, download it really quick, and uh, played a bit of it. So the thing about Metroid Prime is that it had a... a God, I'm going to say idiosyncratic again. Whatever. Uh, when it was on the GameCube, quirk, its, control scheme was, its control scheme was quirky and unique. Uh, it worked, but it was basically like... I think Nintendo at the time was not sold on, or maybe this came from Retro... Uh, you know, they cut like twin stick controls for first person games. So what that, the way the control worked is that your movement was all with the left stick, if memory serves, and then you would hold a button, you would hold a lock button to look around. So like one of the shoulder buttons would let you look around uh, with that same stick and then you could lock onto a target and then when you locked onto a target, you could strafe around it. Kind of like third person combat, you know, when you, in, in a game when you lock onto an enemy and then you can kind of circle strafe around them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that feels very clunky uh, with how, you know, console first person games control these days. Uh, and even at the time it was a little clunky, but it worked. Uh, so they had just have like new control schemes now and you can just control it like a, a twin stick shooter. You can control mm. it like a, you know, like you just just walk or move with your left stick and look around with your right stick and it works pretty well. I would imagine it might even skew the balance a little bit because now you can move and aim freely and that probably makes sections of the games a little bit easier. Uh, but I, but it does look really, really nice. I was like, man, they fucking they really went to they they really did not phone this in. It feels like a, a true uh, a, a, a you know a true modern remaster. Wow. Um, I also messed around with the the Sea of Stars demo. This is one of the games that was announced in the Nintendo Direct. Uh, this is like a throwback JRPG that I was surprised by. I didn't I didn't I hadn't heard it was in development. Uh, isometric. It's it's got this great pixel art and animation. Uh, your movement on the world map is really fluid. You you could you just run around. You can climb and jump and and swim and like that. It just feels a lot more platformy. Uh, without minus any sort of challenge than than a typical you know w- map movement in a JRPG, and then the ter- the combat has like an active element where it's kind of like you know I think it was Final Fantasy VIII where you could tie off a timed button press for the gun blade to add some extra you know it, it's optional but you can add some extra impact to your attack, and they're kind of different for each character in terms of like holds and timed presses, uh, and uh, and and that's fun and that just makes the turn based combat a little bit more. Uh, it gives a little bit more energy to it. It's also got a good sense of fun and silliness. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It feels like it's kind of like making fun of games of that generation. Yeah. It's a very self-aware. Um, and uh, here's the thing that I was very excited about. And the reason I downloaded this demo, they, they fucking got me. Uh, it has guest music from Yasunori Mitsuda, uh, the composer of Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. And uh, let me play a little bit of this track. This is, there's, a, there's a track from him from Mitsuda-san, uh, Coral Cascades, that's in the demo. All right, so you're you're sitting in it, and you're like, I know where this is going. Mm, that's nice. Oh, wait, oh, okay. similar sort of vibes but we're settled in here 
Oh, wait a oh. second. Wow. This anyway, is good. Great. I was interested yeah, in that Yeah, it's game. good as hell. Uh, you, you get the sense of it. Music's great. Uh, I, I, I was just going to say, we need to standardize fishing controls in games. Because this one is wild. It's like you aim... You have control of where your rod is with the analog stick. Like you, you press one button to cast, right? Mm-hmm. We're all used to that system. You d- press another button for where you, when you want the, uh, the, the, the fucking hook to land. And so you have like, that's a different element. And then you have control of the analog stick to reel something in, but it's not just like positioning a gauge. It's like positioning where your line is in the, uh, in the play space. And it's just, I don't know, it's its like you can adapt to it, but it's just like a, like divergent from how fishing works in many other games that I played. And I don't know, that just feels like a thing. We, we Let's just figure it out. Just have a, have a summit and say, like, this is how fishing get, it works in video games and we're done. I don't, I don't do it. I just don't do it. I get it. I didn't do any fishing in Persona because I was like, I don't want to spend any of my precious social time at the fucking fishing pond. Yeah, I'm supposed to be... With Lady On or uh, yeah, Futaba, one or of whoever, bro out with fucking Ryuji <laughs> and his No More Rules T-shirt. Um, anyway, the the OLED switch is is Fuck. dazzling, um, and it pisses me off because I don't like have, spending money on this shit. All right, anyway, uh, let's talk about today's topic: licensed games. Uh, obviously, Hogwarts Legacy just got released. So we're not going to be talking about that, but it it does kind of put licensed games on the brain. And also, you know, we're talking about the GoldenEye re-release, uh, uh, which uh, we're going to be talking about that at the end of the month. But we thought we'd just sort of like go through some of our favorite licensed games because this is a sector of gaming that has vastly improved over the time I've mm-hmm. had this as a hobby. Like it used to be just like these were like licensed games were universally garbage and there'd be like one outlier. You'd be like, oh, wow, this one's actually pretty good, even though it's a licensed games. And now it's kind of gotten to the point where they're like, OK, you know what? These IP are so valuable that we should really put some resources behind the development of these games and, uh, you know, try to make sure they aren't just cash ins. Um, those cash ins still exist, but but you know, by and large, there's a, there's a lot more care and craft put into uh, these licensed games. I I, I, I kind of want to start the, the the thought the discussion here, which is like, what do you think? And this is an open question: makes a good licensed game? Like, why why are some of some of them good? Uh, why are some of them better than others? What? Why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have I don't have a, a clear answer. Because the fucking game is good. Like you can mm. slap. <laughs> Like you can slap a, a license on a, you know, if I'm not going to play Pixar's Cars the game, but if it was a fucking awesome racing game, I might, I might play it, you yeah, know, I would play that. Yeah. So I, I think it just is like the license is secondary to the quality of the game itself. But then if the game takes the source material and, and really dips into it, and combines that with good gameplay, then it's a great licensed game. Yeah, the same things that make any game good. Yeah, you're saying that's 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 at its core. Yeah, you're ask. I feel like you are asking, what is a good game? Well, no, but I mean, I think there are there there's there are specific parameters to a licensed game because it also you you know you want to honor that world. You want to make you you know if if it's a if it's a fantasy of being a particular character. 
like Batman or mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you want to make it feel like, oh, I, th- this is fun to be this character. And if it's a an alternate reality, uh, you want to make it feel like you're inhabiting that reality. So, yeah. you know, you, you want to like like what people already know about the licenses baked in, about the IP is baked in. So you want to make sure you like yeah, ideally want to honor that. that like like because because what you're saying, like, yeah, like. Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit, which we talked about on the podcast, is not doesn't play terribly as a Super Nintendo action platformer. It's like it's like, okay, but it just has absolutely not like fuck all to do with home improvement. Right. Uh, So you're just so it's just kind of a baffling gameplay experience. Uh, Matt, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, because there are a couple different kinds of licensed games, right? Like there's like. Your Batman Arkham series, like that's uh, obviously the Batman license, but it's not necessarily an adaptation of a particular Batman story. It's an adaptation of the of the Batman oeuvre, I guess, right? Yes. Um, uh, but there is like a type of video game that I feel like no longer exists anymore, which is like a movie adaptation video game, which is just like they take the movie and then they adapt it into... Uh, a game it's the movie on rails basically where you play, yeah. where you play the, the through the story of the game and maybe there are a- added elements to the video game um and i always like when they add stuff because it's it's like you're at least something's a surprise a little bit a good a, a game i'll just throw this one out here to start the spider-man 2 video game mm-hmm. the spider-man 2 movie video game i should say for playstation and this is 2, for playstation 1 Right? Or was it, play, was it PS2? This was PS2. Um, okay. There is a Spider-Man 2 video game, but it's a different thing. Um, but the Oh, I, I see the one you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. Spider-Man 2 movie adaptation game is really, really good. Like, way better than it had to be. Because it adapts the movie, which I think we can all agree fucking rips. It's really maybe one of the best superhero movies ever. It's, 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 sure. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. great. So it adapts the story. All the voice actors from all the actors from the game or from the movie are in the game, and there's added elements uh, like st- like you'll run into other characters that aren't in the movie because Sp- it would be weird if there was an entire Spider-Man game and he only fought one guy, you know, uh, Doctor Octopus, or um, I think that's the only guy in the movie. Yeah, um, but it's it's just so great. And then on top of this, there's they made it. An open world, like it's an open New York game. It's the first Spider-Man game to do this. You can crawl on buildings. You can swing throughout the city. They improved upon this in the new Spider-Man games for uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game. But like this was the first game to do it. And when you played this game, you were like, I'm fucking Spider-Man. It's unreal. It's it's unreal how good of a job they did with that. and then, you know, it has, like, little side missions and stuff. And, like, you know, you got to deliver the pizza. You can't do too many flips as Spider-Man or else the pizza gets ruined. Right. Uh, when you, that's, like, a good mechanic. That's great. Um, but that's, like, that's one that I really, really loved uh, when I was when I was young because I, I just replayed it so often. Uh, and it, it was just a, just a really well-made. Like, they cared too much about how good the game was. And it was, like, it, 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 it fucking worked. It was great. Yeah, I think a lot of it, uh, you know, a lot of it, too, is just like giving getting the leeway 
uh, you know, from the from the license holder, getting the, you know, getting enough resources from the publisher and also, uh, you know, getting information because that's that's the other thing. And I, and I can speak to this a little bit because, you know, much of my game development career was working on bad licensed games. And I worked on a couple of games that were comic book franchises uh, that were basically, hey, this is this game. This is the game adaptation of the movie. Right. Uh, Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. I worked on both of those games. And in both of those situations, it was like, you know, everyone is trying the best they could to try to make this happen. But I can speak to the fant- the original Fantastic Four games development was the studio got the license for the comic IP. And that was before Marvel comic book IPs were this huge thing. It's before they were all under uh, one umbrella. It was, you know, mm-hmm. Sony had some of them. Um uh, you know what uh, other studios had had other parts of it uh, this was before the the MCU as we know it and so like then I believe Fox got the rights to make a Fantastic Four movie so the game that was already in development as like a Fantastic Four beat-em-up got sort of like retconned mid-development into being an adaptation of the movie, which was like a complete like, okay, we got we have this engine that's kind of built around, you know, making sort of a classic beat-em-up that now they want to make into a third-person adventure action platformer, which was, you know, the engine was fine, but was not really equipped to do that. So that was part of it. And then it was also just like the timeline was rushed and there weren't enough resources to execute you know, what the licensor and what Activision wanted. So this sounds like making, you know, excuses for what ultimately came out, but it, it's it's just it's just the reality of it. I feel like for a long time, they were just basically like with these games it was basically like, hey, this has to be out for this movie's release date or this has to be out for the holidays because all of our sales are going to come from, you know, people who are excited for the movie and then buy the game or, 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 or you know, parents buying this game for their kids who like the movie. Yes. Uh, and very little was pay- attention was paid to just like how much game does this game, how much time does this game need to be good? Uh, there was there was um, I just remembered this. I didn't ha- I didn't have this like uh, written down, but I remember. The Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith game, yeah, came out before the movie, like I think with a significant lead, like with a couple of weeks of uh, the movie being released. So if you played through the entire game, you know how the movie ends. So like some <laughs> some people <laughs> were spoiled from the movie, which like you can sort of infer what the end of the movie is going to be if you're following the story of uh, these characters that you already know. Yeah, right. But if you've, I guess, only seen the prequels and you're like, I'm going to play this video game, the whole thing was <laughs> spoiled for you, which now they would never do. But it's, yeah. Spoiler culture is a relatively recent thing. Yeah. I, I had the soundtrack for The Phantom Menace before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember a friend saying, like, hey, don't read the track listing. Uh, this was on CD. I was like, okay. And then. Uh, when you read the track, li- when I read the track listing later, because um, I had another friend who read it and it was like, um, he was bummed out. Uh, the, like one of the tracks is called Qui-Gon's Noble End. <laughs> so they just spoiled on the soundtrack, like on the back of the CD. Yeah. They spoiled the ending of the movie. And it was, it's, you know, it was just a time when there, not that not as much attention was paid to that. Yeah. I, I you know, the, the episode three game, I have never played it, but I do think, th- doesn't that one have a weird fucking thing where at the end you can either 
be Anakin or Obi-Wan. Yes. And you can like you can have like a bad ending if you win with Anakin. Yeah, you can get a bad ending and then it is um like instead of obviously getting burned up in the in the the lava of Mustafar, um you um you're just like Anakin and then you're just like with the uh the fucking uh the emperor and he's like good job Anakin. <laughs> So that completely changes the canon <laughs> yeah. of the trilogy that follows. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> there's no Darth Vader but, in that reality. No, but this, well, there is Darth Vader, but there's no Darth Vader as we know it. There is also a good. There's a, a mode that's not part of the main game. It's just like in the menu. It's a yeah. versus mode, and it's a lightsaber. It's it's a lightsaber fighting game, and it's like you can just pick any character from the franchise, basically, and you know. One versus uh, one, uh, you know, them in a lightsaber duel, and it's fucking awesome. The game is good. <laughs> I remember liking the game um, uh, quite a bit. Uh, but, oh, I wanted to share, I was praising the the voice actors from, the, or the actors from Spider-Man are in um, the game, and I guess I do need to share uh, Tobey Maguire's uh, performance in this game uh, because it's. I feel like it's at a time where voice acting in games wasn't quite there yet. Like, it was still, like, it was not new, but it was, like, you know, early. People were still just sort of figuring out what you can do with video games. Uh, Here's um, a sample of uh, some characters speaking. Parker, the delivery deadline is coming, and you are only just now arriving? Get these pizzas to the customers right now. No problem. You can count on me. That looks like a good place to make my first delivery. Just like... Read it once. <laughs> um, I I had a uh, I like I I I had a I, I know somebody worked on a big license game. Actually, one of the the a development lead on a game I worked on had worked on another big li- license game, and there was a huge movie star who they were like, "Hey, we got the voice of this the of uh, we got the star of the movie to do voices in this game." They booked him for one four hour session. Um, he showed up two and a half hours late. So they had him for 90 minutes to try to get through the entire game script. And they just had to like on the fly pick what they absolutely needed. And as a, as such, they had to just like cobble together retroactively from the lines that they got from him uh, a, a way to make the story make sense. And, you know, you end up making those sort of compromises yeah. when you're beholden to like some fucking uh, ego driven, uh, you know, maniac who is the 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 face of this IP. I'll, I'll tell you guys who it is off pod. Oh, I, I can't <laughs> wait. That's yeah. My yeah. favorite kind of gossip. Gossip that's just for us. Heather, uh, do, you, do you have a favorite? Favorite. Just anything, I guess. No, uh, favorite. Um, licensed game and you can't say Fortnite. Yeah, licensed game. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you can say Fortnite. Uh, so I've actually got a few picks here, right? Um, and I, I, I kind of want to rattle off a couple. Please. Um, one of them is uh, Alien 3. For the Super mm. NES, uh, which was not based on the movie. In the movie, it was sort of like, oh. a, imagine like a dreamscape that combined a bunch of different alien movies into one video game. So it has music elements from aliens, like converted into Super NES tracks. And then it also has um, uh, guns which were mm. not in Alien 3. So it's a little bit like, like yeah, like if you k- 
kind of didn't remember what happened in Alien 3, this would be a perfect licensed game of the film. <laughs> but it also has Bald Ripley. Uh, and I think the score is pretty good for a Super NES game. So I've got a couple tracks here uh, to share. Uh, the first is just your intro track. Like, it's not quite Alien 3's music. Mm-hmm. I think this is based off of Aliens. It's cool. And then the next track is just straight up from Aliens. This is the song playing when Ripley is driving the tank and, like, saving people. You get the idea. It's a good it's a good action an action sound for for a Super NES. So that's that's one of the ones that I I, I yeah. thought was a good licensed game. I think the best licensed game of all time in my opinion might be Star Wars Squadrons, which is mm. the especially in VR if it wasn't for the fact that playing a game in VR is such a fucking barrier to entry, I think people would be raving about squadrons still. And I've got a, a clip to show you because I, I don't know if we've ever like actually watched. I've played it a bunch, but I don't know if you guys have actually watched how fucking good it is. Now, fire all boost thrusters. Like it's you're inside of Star Wars. Yeah, we're in a cockpit here, going through a battle with a bunch of star destroyers. Wow. Okay, what what is it? I don't know what this rock formation is here, and this is a, a giant Death Star-like structure. I think it's just asteroids. It's like a mining okay, colony. It. But like your cockpit has a physical presence in your space that is hard to see in clips. Right. But you feel like you're in a fucking cockpit and then the depth of space extends way, 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 way out in front of you. It's it's so fucking good. And you switch back and forth between TIE fighters and X-Wings. It's it's stunning. This would make me throw up. (laughs) Yeah, this is really gorgeous. It is. It is a little nausea inducing. But you know what? The. I kind of have Star Wars listed as a category because there are clearly some bad yeah. Star Wars games. You know, the the that 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 weird Connect Star Wars game, the uh, <laughs> uh, Yoda Yoda stories, right? We covered that on the podcast. There, there's some bad ones, but I think by and large, I think because so there's like <laughs> there's a find my sock. You must. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's flying and there's fighting, uh, you know, and uh, and also because George Lucas himself put a lot of resources behind LucasArts, uh, originally Lucasfilm Games, and like prioritized game development. There's a there's a lot of good Star Wars games out there, including of that era, PC games of that era, X-Wing and TIE Fighter and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which are kind of the precursor. Those are those games are fucking rad uh, and they are kind of the precursor to. Uh, star- squadrons, which we're seeing now. I also want to give a shout out to another, not Star Wars game, another licensed game. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if this is how we're supposed to be doing this, but I'm, it's how I'm doing it. This is great. So on the Xbox 360, there was a licensed Naruto game des- developed by Ubisoft called uh, Naruto Rise of a Ninja. And I think it was the first Naruto like licensed game outside of Japan. Uh, it had a full English track for voices and a full Japanese track for voices. So you could play it in like with whichever, like whether you're subs or dubs, you, you, you could play it that way. It also had the music from Naruto, which sometimes you'll get the license to the, sh- to the show, but you won't get the license to the music. Oftentimes sure. in Star Wars, you'll be playing Star Wars games that don't have John Williams scores. And you're like, this kind of doesn't feel like Star Wars because of it. Um, I've got a clip that I um, that I sent in, and it's it's an it's showing its age because it's Xbox 360. But one of the things that was incredible about this game is that the entire village that Naruto started in was in the game, a la Grand Theft Auto. So you could run around from rooftop to rooftop. You could do mm-hmm. all of his like fucking little powers and shit, and 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 you could figure out where locations were based on your memory of the anime. So you could like start in his house and be like, I think the ramen shop is over there. And you could hop from rooftop to rooftop like he does. And it was accurate to both the manga and the anime. Here's a clip. It's just... It's got a great run there. Yeah, great run cycle. Like, he can run up buildings. He can hop from rooftop to rooftop. He's got, like, an enormous jump because he's a ninja. And you also build up relationships with all the NPCs because in the anime, Naruto starts as, like, a piece of shit. Like, he's a real... He's not a very good guy. Uh, So you're running around with all of these NPCs and they all have, like, frowny faces over their heads because they (laughs) hate you. Uh, but as you take on missions and do uh, quests, the town starts being nice to you. The the art style here, he's you know the the characters are cell shaded and vibrant, uh, and then the world itself is a little bit more of a you know it, it's a little bit more of a grounded look to it, but it all sits in nicely. Yeah, this looks this looks great. It was really good. I covered it back when I was a game journalist and went up to Canada to to do a story. And I like when I, they showed me the game, I was like, oh, my God. What? Wow. This is so fucking good. Um, and when I went to find clips on YouTube, it's like Naruto Rise of a Ninja. Most of the top YouTube clips were like, how can Naruto Rise of a Ninja be so good? And it's like people covering it and being like, Everyone slept on this game and it's amazing. Wow. And then and then finally Ninja Turtles Arcade. Oh, uh, Ninja Turtles Arcade is a good one and also on my list uh, related to that is another Konami beat 'em up of that era, X-Men the Arcade mm-hmm. game. Oh yeah, X-Men. Which had 8 players and it's just also like that one is you feel like the X-Men in yeah. the beat 'em up context. Yeah. Again, that's what Fantastic 4 was going to be. You'd think it would could be fun, but you know they- that would be great. I love the Fantastic Four as as characters. I think it, it they they owed their time in the sun. I think I think they're they they deserve their time to shine. Uh, they won the platformer with 
hacking mini games. So what are you going to do? Um. Anyway, so uh, the 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 that that brings me to some of my picks. Yeah. And I had that one that that I wanted to shout out X Men the Arcade Game real quick. Also, I'll shout out a couple of NES games that I think were really good licensed ones. One of them got remastered. One of them has kind of been forgotten. But Ducktales, yes, uh, the the Capcom game was fucking great. You, it it didn't. In a sense, it didn't really honor the property. It was kind of like, why are you Scrooge going around doing golf swings to hit rocks and, you know, pogo sticking around on your cane? But it is just like a really satisfying platformer. And, uh, you know, it it just 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 has a great feel to it. The art is really good. The art the art for the for, you know, the NES, it like it looks like all the DuckTales characters. Um, and then Goonies 2 is the other one of that era. That's a, I think, I think it was a Konami game. Could have been Capcom. I think that was Konami it did Goonies 2. But that's, that's a weird one where it's like, this game is the sequel to the the movie The Goonies. Uh, but it's a, like a Metroidvania where you go around and you play as the, the I guess, I think Mikey is the character's name. The, the lead Goonie, you play as Mikey. Yeah. And uh, you have a yo-yo and then you get more weapons as you go. And your quest is to... Uh, uh, like release a mermaid. I forget exactly what the story is, but that game was very was very playable and very fun. Um, uh, the game that I I think is probably like my favorite licensed game. There's a lot of good candidates here, but I think, uh, I think I picked the Telltale Walking Dead games. Oh yes, I think they're just mm. so. They're so well realized as storytelling. Uh, I think they're better than the TV show. The they're really like the apex of the of the telltale formula where it feels like your decisions matter. And because so often they're like life or death, so often they're like, hey, this kid is going to die or this this uh, or his mom is going to die. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like who are Mm -hmm. who's going to. But sometimes it'll be like oftentimes it's 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 like uh, two characters. You like both of them. Mm -hmm. They are both your friends. And one of them is going to be left to be killed in the convenience store by a horde of zombies. And the other one is going to survive and be forever traumatized. Uh, so like, like I, I, I think just like the, the art's really good. The music's great. The voice acting is outstanding and they're really well written, real well, uh, well put together games. Uh, Real quick, I'll, I'll, I'll while I'm talking about this, I'll I'll talk about the the Sopranos Road to Respect, which is a game <laughs> that I have an additional design credit on. What do you hear? What do you say? Yeah, <laughs> um, this game, I you know, I only I, I I barely worked on this game. I worked on this game for just a couple months, and then I had to, or then I I asked to uh, be taken off of the project. Uh, but the way that one began is the idea was for it to be like kind of like a Sopranos telltale style game. Like that was the mm. pitch. And if you think of it from that standpoint, it's like, okay, yeah, when you just hear Sopranos video games, like what the fuck are you doing? But you're like, wait, like a narrative driven dialogue driven game with a few action sequences uh, that has the, you know, the cast of the Sopranos and, uh, you know, hopefully writing that can at least, semi live up to the 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 st- the stellar writing of the best TV show ever made um it it makes a little bit more sense and it starts to to to, to you know like kind of like okay that sounds like a a game that could work uh then the publisher THQ uh rest in power decides to decides they want Grand Theft Auto Sopranos and again 
This game is using the same engine as the Fantastic Four game. Mm -hmm. So not built to accomplish that. Can't really do open world shit at all. So it ends up being kind of like a levelly based design uh, that's that's, you know, kind of just like a lot of like fighting sequences and then a handful of these, you know, uh, QTA dialogue uh, driven, you know, sequences. It, 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 there, there's a little bit of of some dialogue stuff that's that's left in um that was you know widely justly ridiculed because it was basically your interaction committed it was limited to choosing uh tough or smooth in terms of your responses <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the thing of just like you know it, it, it i i think this hap i'm i'm sure this happens with a lot of licensed games that fail it's like it starts off and it, and it kind of makes sense on paper and then for a variety of reasons whether you know, some within your control, uh, a lot of them outside of your control, uh, it ends up just turning into a big fat pile of shit. Grand Theft Auto Sopranos is like a, I think, a, like a fundamental, a fundamental misunderstanding of what The Sopranos is, too. Because I don't, I don't think of that show as like Goodfellas or something, right? Like mm, that's like, yeah. or or even like Scarface. It's it is more about talking. <laughs> they they talk more on that show than they do like like action stuff. It should have been a dating sim, but instead of dating, it's relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think this, uh, I, I think you are both correct. And that was where the, you know, the original design document, which are the original pitch, which I was not involved with, but that was where that was headed. That's why it was sort of like there was some optimism, like, oh, this could kind of turn into something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously not great creative division from the publisher, partly because they're just like, hey, we spent this much money on this license and we want this game to sell, baby. And if it's going to sell, it's got to have you know punching and and shooting. Yeah. Um. So you know what are you what are you going to fucking do? Anyway, it was a different it was a different era in licensed games, and I feel like you could probably make something like that these days. There are a lot more. It does feel like you know what a licensed game could be has expanded qu uh, quite a bit. Uh, I want to shout out a couple more from that era, sure. or or shortly after that era. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, obviously the Arkham games, but I do feel like Arkham Asylum, it just that that contained version of mm -hmm. it was just mm -hmm. so well, well, everyone fucking knows this. But but Rocksteady's Batman was like a revelation in terms of licensed games like, oh, wow, you really feel like Batman, both in terms of uh, how he fights and then the detective aspect. They kind of like nail both of those. And it's got a it's got a pretty good story, good voice acting. And another game of that era is the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yes. Which was the the Hulk game where you can run around, it's open world, you could run up buildings, which is just like one of the coolest things that's, that's ever been in a game. Um, and uh, yeah, you just feel like the fucking Hulk. You can, you can bust shit up. That's the, that's <laughs> the like pinnacle of what the experience should be, right? Like you yes. should be able to, I'm Spider-Man, I'm Batman, I'm the Hulk. This is awesome. Um, I, those are all so good. Those are great, uh, selections. I, so I feel like there's a license we have, I mean, there's so many licenses we haven't talked about, but like the Simpsons is like a pretty good video game license. Like they have a lot of bad, yeah. they have a lot of bad Simpsons games, but there are some really, really great ones. Like the Simpsons arcade game is really fantastic. The, um, Simpsons road rage, which is, uh, wait, no, Simpsons hidden. Hit and Run, and there was Hit and Run and Road Rage. I think Hit and Run was the Hit and Run Grand, was the Grand Theft Auto, Auto clone, one, yeah. And the Road Rage was the Crazy Taxi clone, but they were both pretty good. Those are both, I great. think, unless I got them backwards. No, you're right. You're correct. Both of those games I really, really loved. Um, but there's one game that I feel like I've talked about a little bit that 
I nobody talks about because it's like not. I don't think anybody was like excited for this game, but then it came out, and I think it is like I think it was like well received, but I don't think it was like a huge like game. Peter Jackson's King Kong, the the video game. Oh yeah, adaptation. I didn't play this, but I remember it. Do you so I have two clips I'd like to share, and they're both very different. Here's just a little sample of what the general gameplay is. Okay, Matt is showing us a YouTube video. And uh, We're right here. it's a very it's, cinematic. People are scared. It's a first-person survival adventure game. Now they're fighting a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. You're shooting at a dinosaur on Skull Island. It's first person. It's maybe the first first person game I've ever played. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Also, sometimes I'll I'll look at PS2 games and I'll be like, God damn. Yeah. Still looks pretty good. Art direction goes a long fucking way, man. And this game was this PS2? This game was on. Yeah. I played it on PS2, but it was wow. um, developed for like Xbox 360 and um, I think PS3 even at the time. But I got the PS2 version because I had PS2. Maybe not PS3. That can't be correct. But that's one element of the game. A- ammunition is scarce. You can get yourself into some real trouble in the mm-hmm. when you're playing the main the Adrian Brody character from this game. <laughs> I don't remember what his name is. But then there's a, there's another type of gameplay in this game where you get to be Kong and it's fucking awesome. That's cool. I was just the second right. clip. So he put the lady down and now you're just punching a fucking dinosaur as Kong. It rules. There's the lady. Kong is just bodying a T-Rex. <laughs> That's fucking badass. It's so much fun. It just becomes a brawler, a third-person brawler, where then you're you're King Kong, and you're fighting dinosaurs, and you know, and that's just on Skull Island. You know, there's more to the story. He gets off right. Skull Island. He does not like it. Um, but that game was such a surprise to me. I remember getting it for Christmas from my aunt and um, I I thought at the time, why did she get me this? This is such a like aunt gift. You know what I mean? Sort of like, Here's a video game. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, that that was that's so much of the, I like, just to interject real quick, yeah. that's so much of the market for licensed games yes. is like, hey, here's a parent or a, or, or a relative by like, oh, he likes King Kong. Oh, he likes Star Wars. Let's get him this game. Yeah. And I liked the movie. I don't know if I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's like something I wouldn't stop talking about. You know? <laughs> right. Sort of like, oh, Matt loves King Kong. I don't know if anybody would say that. Um, but that game is so good. It's great. I, I wish there was a way to play it on modern hardware. I guess I can get it running on my Steam Deck probably. Um, but it was really, really fantastic. And uh, just such an odd Success an odd like a game you would expect to be bad, but they did a really yeah. good job with it. Those are my favorites. Yeah, 
Uh, the the one one of the legendary ones in that category, and I have not played this game, but they made two X versus Sever first person shooters <laughs> for the Game Boy Advance. Wow, what? And the, the, the X versus Sever, you know, that movie is, is it's it's like the Lucy Liu, who's, who's Antonio Banderas, Antonio Banderas, and it's like famously like this. This is one of the worst movies ever made, but apparently the games are like pretty pretty impressive. Wow, um, I heard the Riddick games are good too. And like Vin oh, Diesel, yeah, Chronicles is like, Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay, Butcher Bay is on my list. Yeah. I think that one also is like Vin Diesel is a gamer and kind of, you know, it, it, I, I like when a star uses their powers for good. Yes. And that seems like sort of like he kind of threw his 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 figuratively muscle, though he is muscly uh, literally as well. Mm-hmm. He threw his figurative muscle behind uh, like like making sure this game had. Uh, th- this game came that th- had the resources it needed to succeed and yeah that's a that's a really good xbox or xbox 360 era i think it's original xbox mm-hmm. era first person shooter um yeah really really fun really cool honors the license another one i have on my list is a point and click adventure game this one comes from lucas arts uh indiana jones and the fate of atlantis oh and this game was is is a you know it's a point and click adventure. It's very much of its era, but you know it plays like a Monkey Island or a, a or a Day of the Tentacle uh, Maniac Mansion. It, it it plays like one of those, except you are Indiana Jones, and it really feels like an Indiana Jones adventure. Like you start in the real world, uh, you traverse when you tra- go to different cities. We have the little the map with the red lines drawn on it, charting his course. Uh, you know, you you you, you go from the U.S. to Europe. Um, to uh, you're on a fucking U-boat in disguise as a Nazi officer, uh, and then you uh, you end up in Atlantis, and you're like that's like the the third act is like you're actually there. So it very much follows like kind of the hey, it's the the Nathan Drake arc they they borrowed when when they did the Uncharted games of like starting in reality uh, against uh, you know human combatants and ending up in some sort of fantastical scenario by the by the end as Indiana Jones movies work. Um, and that one's just, it's, it's really well, it's really well done. It's got like a, they have a, they have a, a Harrison Ford sound alike voicing indie, just some grump, some grumpy guy, <laughs> but he does a really good job. I, I forget what the, the voice actor's name is. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it feels like an Indiana Jones movie that you're playing. I, that was always one where it was just like when they're making like fucking dial of destiny or whatever, or what was the other one? Was the one that came before this? I don't know. Crystal Skull, um, King of the Crystal Skull. I've always just like they should just adapt Fate of Atlantis. It's it's oh, such sure. a cool story. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I'll say though, it does have some some like it has like some action stuff that that doesn't play great because you know you're controlling with mouse and keyboard it has some like little brawling things. You can largely skip. You can choose how you want to play the game, and and you can choose not to, to brawl less uh, to use more of your wits. But there is a puzzle I remember in particular, which is when you're on the the U-boat, um, one way you can get past a Nazi guard is by making a sandwich. And the guard is like, hmm, that sandwich looks good. I think I'll go make one. And then he leaves. <laughs> and it makes sense as an adventure game puzzle. But thinking of that in an Indiana Jones movie. Bum, of like bum, bum, Put the tomato. <laughs> but like that, that's Fuck. like ah! in in like D and D parlance. Indiana Jones has like high decks, high charisma. Yeah, he 
If you see, if I saw Harrison Ford making a fucking sandwich, I'd be like, God damn, I gotta get me one of those. He just has <laughs> to make a good looking sandwich. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> no, he knows what he's doing. Uh, that makes me, you, you know, I wasn't even thinking about this, but you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I I don't know if we, you think of that quite as a license, but if you do, I mean. There's some, probably. There have been some really good, some really good AD&D games. Uh, and and not just like the RPGs, not just the 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 Baldur's Gates of the world, uh, but also like the 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 Dungeons and Dragons Capcom beat 'em ups. Oh, interesting. Were were pretty were pretty fucking fun. See if we can remember what the name of any of those were. Uh, any other licensed games I'm forgetting? Any other ones you guys want to shout uh, out? I, I mean, Marvel versus Capcom, obviously. The the PlayStation Spider Man games I remember really being great. There's. Uh... A lot from the PS2 era because I feel like early PS2 era, I was just at the right age where like if there was a video game based off of a movie, I was like the right age for it. Like I remember mm-hmm. I remember liking the Shrek 2 game. I don't know if it's actually good, but I remember being because that was sort of like a beat 'em up where you could change characters like mid um fight two. Like there's like four characters on screen. At any given time, you can just like press, you know, one of the direction buttons, and you're one of the new, you're one of the, the characters. Um, I remember that being good. Yeah, I don't know. There's like, there's got to be. There's so many that were people are gonna be like, why didn't you say this or why didn't you say that? And it's like, you know what? You could have said it. There are there are a ton of great licensed games, and mm-hmm. I was shocked because when I when this topic was pitched, I was like, ugh, oh, I, I'm more of a purist. And mm-hmm. then when I really started thinking about games, I was like, man, there's a lot of fucking good licensed games. Tons. Yeah. I mean, the current Spider-Man game is really fantastic. Oh, I, Miles really, Morales is so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, the new Jedi, uh, whatever the fuck it's called. Fallen Order? Yeah. Fallen Order 2? Yeah, that's yeah, going to be great. I'm, I'm excited. I, man, I hope they make it even harder. Uh, I hope the, they at least... Went back out to the drawing board on the map, at least just a little bit. I'd love a new map. I hope I hope there's a sequence where it's like bum 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 making a sandwich. Making a sandwich. <laughs> oh, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games were really great too. I liked those games quite oh, a bit. Yeah. I, I liked the most recent entry on the Switch. It's Switch exclusive. That was a really good one. Um but at similar token, the X Men Legends games are also really great. Uh, but yeah, those. I mean, they're all. It's it's. You mentioned one, and there's like there's forty X Men games or whatever, you know. And I guess it's worth mentioning that there is a current one out the the uh, Hogwarts Legacy uh, game. Yeah, we touched yeah, on that earlier. I'll tell you what the fucking legacy is. Yeah, fucking doo doo. <laughs> Um, it's a you know I I feel I think we talked about this in our text thread a little bit I yeah. I feel so much empathy for those developers yeah because I you know I like I just I I not on a property that large but I've I've certainly been in this the situation where it's just like everyone on the project kind of knows like ah fuck this is this sucks this is annoying we're kind of just we got to try to make the best of it because this is our job. And it's either do this or resign and try to find another job. You know, it's it's just it's it's got to got to have felt like a real slog to work on that thing. It also is, I think, there's a sort of hopelessness. Uh, you know, yeah. Without without drawing too many parallels, when behavior becomes visible to uh, parent companies, mm-hmm. and there are ways to exorcise. 
uh, the um, the bad actors and the studio or network or whatever takes those steps, it it really um, helps the people involved with the product who feel who have felt trapped by by like being blindsided by something. Right. And I feel like the different the 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 problem with Hogwarts legacy is that you can't remove J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter. Yeah. Like you she's she I, whatever contracts she's negotiating. It's like not only is she like the the octopus at the top of the the media empire with her tendrils and everything. But I there's there's no way nobody's ever going to be able to wrench Potter away from her. No. And it's one of these things, too, where she just. She keeps doing it because people keep telling her it's bad. So it is just like it's it's fucking awful what she what she does and what she says and what she gives her money to. And so I understand people. This is what we were talking about the other day, like trying to apply nuance to this is impossible because there are people who are going to play it no matter what. And there are people who are going to play it and, you know, do think badly of her. And so, but like, then there are people who are not playing it who are, are correct also. But then there are also people who are not playing it and then bullying people who are playing it. And it's like, okay, well, like, what the fuck do we do? What the fuck is the right yeah. thing to do? I it's, think, yeah, I, I think that it's heartbreaking like the reason that it is a difficult thing is that this world meant so much to a, a full generation of people when they were when they were kids. It it reinvigorated reading across yeah. the planet. Yeah, it's it's it is. And I it's waited not in like, line for a book. Uh, yeah, it's not some niche <laughs> fucking nerd series. It like it it's the to- it, in the top twenty best selling books of all time. All of the Potter books are in that fucking list. Which is nuts. It's and like when you consider that some of these books have been around for like 300 years or some shit. Like it's, it's, it was so pervasive. And to like find out that this, this space that you belong to, this like environment that gave, that has so much nostalgia for you. Yeah. Is toxic and hurting people. Like that's, it's like a breakup with somebody that, that you started a good relationship with and then realized that they were bad. And it's like, I loved the person that you were, but boy, oh boy, I can't love the person that you are. And that's, that's a heartbreak. And the, and the other, the, here's the thing too, is that there are people that are just like her probably who keep her, their fucking mouth shut and don't say anything and still get to, you know, uh, keep their, keep their bag and keep their, uh, keep their legacy intact. Cause they just, because they realized that shutting the fuck up is free, and you can you can you can do that whenever the fuck yes. you want. Yeah, yeah, that's the real lesson. She's she like her takes are so fucking bad, and even extending like the empathy of like okay, something happened to you, lady, and you are taking it out on a group of people who had nothing to do with that thing. Like yeah, y- even that you're like. No, man, like she like she, it's so horrible. It's so fucking horrible and it's so sad. And like, yeah, do I wish that I could like go to what is it? Hogsmeade and like r- rummage around. I don't, I don't know the franchise at all. Good for you, Nick. That makes me proud of you. Well, look, I that that's not 
not any sort of ethical stand. No, I will you're say, a hero. We had, yeah, I'm, I am a hero. <laughs> you're a fucking um, hero. We have that. We had the whole Harry Potter collection in paperback, and uh, I remember when there it was. Whenever, whenever JK went on her, like one of her, she like, she, she was like kind of at her, she'd been kind of dancing around it, like kind of like favoriting some tweets. And, and then at a certain point, she just went full like transphobe. And the day that happened, I remember I watched uh, uh, my wife, Natalie, walk over to our bookshelf, uh, pick up the entire collection with two hands and then carry it over and dump it directly in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... And I said, uh, we could at least give that to the library or something. And she said, I don't want anyone reading that shit. <laughs> that's that's kind of like what I did with my my Yeezys. I was like, yeah. well, bye, guys. And yeah. I fucking threw that shit in the garbage. <laughs> Um, the, I I will say that like, uh, look, I'm, I'm kind of ethically neutral on, on playing it. I understand the arguments against it. I understand the arguments against giving money for this thing. I think this is one where, you know, if if you can find a way to pirate it, it's a shame that these, the games have become so tough to pirate, but if you find a way to pirate it, this is a good one to pirate, but like, whatever this, this franchise is meaningful to you and you want to play the game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, personally, that just speaking for myself, I'm ethically neutral on that. I think the reason there are such vigorous calls for like boycott and, you know, don't play it and say that you're not playing it and make a stance of, oh, well, I will never play it is because we just are all so powerless yeah. in this system of global capitalism where, you know, those who are at the top are just, they're they're just cloistered in a way where you cannot touch them. They just like they can do whatever they want with no consequence, <sighs> and all you can hope to do is try to retreat. Uh, what, what you're talking about is the best selling individual, uh, best selling books of all time, Heather. This list is this list does make me laugh. Uh, this is something. This is just from Wikipedia, but uh, number one, Don Quixote. Who the fuck number has two, read that? A Tale of Two Seas. I read Don Quixote. Oh. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I uh, am two, my uh, Don Quixote, the man of La Mancha, <laughs> <laughs> making a sandwich for you. <laughs> Don Quixote published in 1605 and 1615 originally. Uh, number two, A Tale of Two Cities. Number three, The Little Prince. A uh, great book. And a number four, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> All these old ass books. <laughs> hey, hey, can I do a, as a palate cleanser? Can I, can I show you guys some of this Dungeons and Dragons game? This was yeah. Shadow over Mistara, and they released this one as a uh, they released this one a compilation um, uh, a few years back. So you can play it on Love Dungeons and Dragons. Let's see it. But this this is one of those ones where just like aesthetically, I fucking this is so my shit. This is this is one of those oh, man. late. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Boo! Late period arcade like... platformers. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there's some. Oh, I remember this game. Ooh, this game fucking this is a ruled. This, this game, game was rules. so fucking good. You dare rise against us? Come at us, warriors! Yeah, this is like a. Uh, arcade hardware, you know, like the the height of uh, 2D art and animation, beat em up. And we've got like a thief character fighting a war machine with a bunch of goblins. But yeah, every element of this is just so fantastic. I remember this. It was so... Like, also, it's one of those games when, when you saw it at the arcade, you were like, fuck, that looks incredible! It looks like a cartoon. <laughs> it looks so much better than yes. It looks so much better than what you had at home and home hardware. Yeah. Um. Those dedicated. Uh. I don't know what board that was on. 
what would that have been? Like the OPS3? What the fuck was the Capcom board at the time? Um. Anyway, uh, I was going to say that, uh, yeah, really a uh, really cool game. Uh, hey, let's do a segment. How about that? Ooh. I got another edition of Pixel Chart, our video game chart segment. And this one is related to licensed games. By the way, I'm realizing we didn't talk about Lord of the Rings games at all, but that's oh, a, that's another fuck. franchise. Just all, so many of those Lord of the Rings God games are so it. fucking good. There's good. There's good. There's good. Plenty of good licensed games out there. Uh, this is the top rated Star Wars games on Metacritic. This is the top wow, five. Okay. Uh, this is not including mobile games or, or pinball. Uh, Angry Birds Star Wars, shockingly well reviewed. Maybe it's good. I never. I haven't it played is it. Good. But yeah, these are. The, <laughs> well, maybe you would have gotten it. Uh, this is the top rated Star Wars games uh, on home consoles. Uh, also, quick shout out to the Mad Max uh, video game. It's also fucking great. I'm going to say. Wait, did you say not including Lego? No, I didn't say that. I said not including mobile okay. or... I'm going to say Lego Star Wars. Not not including mobile or pinball. I'll give it to you. It's. Uh, do you want to get more specific? Mm. The uh, I'm going to say it's going to be the one that is... Not the most recent one, but the, the collection... It's like whatever it's called, the Skywalker Saga or whatever it is. That's a new it's one. It's not that one, but I'll, I'll uh, close enough. It's Lego Star Wars 2, the original trilogy, okay. number five on the list. Yes. This is the one that came out in 2006, uh, sitting at 86 on Metacritic. By the way, the, the system is, I, I called it the OPS3. I was I was off. It's the CPS2. It was the the arcade board uh, that Capcom was using in that era. All those good looking 2D games. Uh, I, I got two. I should not have gotten into Bing to try to figure that out. I apologize. <laughs> I should have been focused on the podcast. Uh, okay, uh, you, you got you got one of five. Uh, the, 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 uh, four more on the board. Uh, th these are a little tricky, but I, I think you guys can get it. Star Wars Episode One Racer. Nope, it's not on this list. Um, there are, there's no N64 games on this list. That's also a Dreamcast game. There's no Dreamcast games on this list. Uh, this one is that this list is this list is I'll say that that there are three PC games and there is one GameCube game. Oh, um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic two, eh, not two, one, but one, War one. Kotor one Kotor is one. number one on this list with a ninety four consensus. Also released for Xbox back in the day, and now you can play it on anything. Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron, yes. On uh, on GameCube, Rogue Leader was the the proper title. It was part of the Rogue Squadron franchise. Yes, that one is number three on the list. Star Wars Jedi Two. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if you just made that up. No, I think that's what it's called. You're not quite there, but you almost are. Do you do you, do you want to get more specific there? Star Wars Jedi Knight Two. That's right. Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, which came out for PC in 2002. Uh, that's number four on the list. There's one left. I, I bought Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 when they ported it to Switch, and I played it for like five minutes, and it was like, people say this is good. But I just, I, I didn't see it. But maybe I didn't play it enough. I don't know how the ports were. They yeah. were very much designed for play on PC. So it could have been a controller yeah. thing. Um, and there, there's, there's one more. I mean, you can figure it out. A franchise that was already mentioned, another PC game. Huh. Franchise that was already mentioned. Star Wars TIE Fighter. Not TIE Fighter. You just said it. Oh, Star Wars Star Wars Battlefront. Two. No, it's not who, it's not Battlefront. Who said you, what? you just said you just said it. You just said what the Me? franchise was. Me? You said 
Who? Star Wars no, Jedi Knight no. 1? <laughs> That's it. Yes. Jedi Star Wars Jedi Knight 1 is number two on the list. Uh, Je- Star Wars Jedi Knight. I love this, this subtitle. Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 because it was the sequel to Star Wars Dark Forces. Yeah. And then they took the player character and were like, ah, what if he's a Jedi Knight now? Um, by the way, Dark Forces, I'm, I'm something of a defender of. That was basically just a reskinned Doom. Uh, but going around with a blaster shooting Gamorrean guards was pretty satisfying. Star Wars Battlefront 2 ain't nothing to sneeze at, though. That's a, that's a fucking game right there. Tell it to the consensus at Metacritic. I'm just going off of the numbers. I'm not here. mad at yeah, you. Yeah, so that that list that list: Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars: Jedi Knight, Dark Forces Two, Star Wars: Rogue Leader, Rogue Squadron Two, Star Wars: Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, and Lego Star Wars Two: The Original Trilogy. I don't know how you would give Squadrons less than a hundred. If you play it in VR, it's ex- it is one hundred percent the thing. Like you can't. Like there's no place to level criticism. It's like, are you in the cockpit? Yes. Does it sound like the world? Yes. Do you fly mission? Yes. Can you do multi? Can you do multiplayer VR dogfights in squad? Yes. It's it's fucking perfect. It's insane. Should be number one on the list. How people? You got to play this game. You got to get a whole setup, a whole rig. <laughs> Have either of you played it? Great. You're coming. You're gonna. You're gonna come over and you're gonna play it. I've. I've played, but not in VR. You have to play it in VR. It's fucking okay. insane. I'll do it. I have a bucket ready. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, talk me into it. Uh, the 79 on Metacritic for Star Wars Squadron. What? <laughs> what? I don't know what to tell you. Metacritic seems to say that the real Star Wars VR experience is Star Wars Pinball VR, which is an 81 on Metacritic. So maybe we should check that out. Unless you're the ball, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's this week's Get Played. Links to our social media are in the episode description. You can join us in our Discord and let us know uh, licensed games that we forgot or licensed games that uh, that you uh, love in particular. Our, our engineering is by Jordan Duffy, Jordan K. Duffy on Instagram. And check out our premium show, Get Animated. Uh, Heather, this week we are talking about Junji Ito Maniac, correct? Yes, we are. And not because of the Fortnite crossover. We actually recorded the episode before there was a Fortnite cro- crossover. So don't don't think I'm I'm shoving this content down our throats. This is a Nick Weiger. He's like, hey, I want to get creepy. I want to get creepy. And I was like, okay, all right, we'll get creepy. And he's like, yeah, I want to play Junji. I want to watch it. And I was like, all right, all right, Nick, go go back under your blanket. I'm cold. That was the exact transcript of our yeah. Yeah, I was chewing on rusty nails and hiding between between walls. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Junji Ito Maniac is streaming on Netflix if you want to watch along, and you can listen to Get Animated at patreon.com slash getplayed. Also, we are covering the entire show in one uh, one episode of Get Animated. It's not going to be an ongoing yes. series. And then after that, we're covering Blue Lock, so you can get on board with Blue Lock and watch some anime with us. I fucking love anime so much, and I love video games, and I like my co-hosts. <laughs> wow. Wow. Look at us. For once, Matt, we didn't get played. No. It feels nice. But you know who we did? You. M- you me? Fuck! Fuck!